And welcome to the Switzerland Meeting New Friends podcast, a podcast to bring people from all over the world together. My name is Sandra, I'm 100% Swiss cheese, living in Switzerland. Hello! Today we have our 13th um, episode and you will meet uh, Kieran and Jeff. Yeah, so again an interview. Um, the first time when I met um, Kieran was at a drink meetup. I did um, once a month a drink meetup to socialize. Always very cool. And then she took Chef to the um, Fit for Two meetup. So we did a little bit sport. Yeah, I'm very very happy um, and grateful that um, I know them because they are two wonderful persons and I'm so um, grateful because they help me a lot of things and as well like the highlight was of course the red carpet oh yeah it was not red but it was green but at the Zurich Film Festival with Kieran so thank you again Kieran for the great uh, evening it was so nice and lovely so the interview we did this in this um, end of um, October because um, they moved um, to Singapore for the job so they are not anymore in Switzerland but I thought let they have to come in this podcast because they are so lovely persons. So have fun and enjoy and learn something. Yeah. So hello and thank you again. So today we have uh, Kieran and Chef uh, from Singapore actually. Hello together. Hello. Hi. <laughs> thank you uh, for being here on Zoom. So uh, yeah. It's great. Thanks for having me, Sandra. <laughs> so, um, the first, I want to ask you, can you tell us about um, the persons behind you? Like, where are you? And yeah, tell us a little bit. Yeah, want me to start? Okay, yeah, so uh, I'm chef, obviously. Um, yeah, I grew up in the Netherlands. Uh, pretty normal, you know, for the first 24, 21 years of my life, all pretty standard. Um, then I did some international exchange for the people from Europe. It's called the Erasmus program. I think pretty well known throughout Europe. Um, wanted to do mine in Sydney. It's a funny story. Actually. Wanted to do mine in Sydney. And then I signed up, all good. And then the university forgot to like send in the papers or something. So then they missed the deadline for going to Sydney. So I was like, well, that, that, you know, it's a shame, but I'll find another place. Um, and they were like, well, we have Hong Kong if you want. And I was like, yeah, why not do Hong Kong? It's fine with me. Uh, I just wanted to get far away. That was the goal. And then they forgot to send in the papers for Hong Kong, which is great. And then the deadline for all the places outside of Europe passed. So then they were like, well, there's only a few places left in Europe because everybody signed up. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. So then they said, well, there's London or Helsinki. And I was like, well, 
really the reasoning was Hong Kong starts with an H and Helsinki starts with an H, I'll go to Helsinki. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of strange place to end up, but uh, that was actually really good. Um, so I did my exchange there, finished my studies, um, and then through a few different places, ended up in San Francisco eventually um, and spent my four years there before going to Switzerland. That's also where I met Kieran. So I'll hand it to her here. <laughs> oh, cool. That's the part where I take over his life. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so um, I'm Kieran. I was born in India uh, and I'm a fully Indian. <laughs> I actually was born in Punjab. It's a state in the northwestern side of India and borders Pakistan. It's a farming area. So I grew up on a farm, essentially was born on a farm. Uh, when I was two years old, my entire family immigrated to California with my mom, my dad, and my, my two siblings. So I spent most of my life from the age, I would say, from two to 22 in California. I went to school there. I did university there and then moved a little bit within the U.S. I spent a few years on the East Coast in New York and Pennsylvania, um, but I had always wanted to move abroad. And uh, at the time I was working for Roche in San Francisco. So I asked for an opportunity and was relocated to Basel, which was quite a dream. And at that time uh, I asked Chef what he wanted to do. And he was like, well, there's too many good looking German guys there. So I'm going to come with you. <laughs> I had to protect what was mine. <laughs> so he came along um, and I'm so glad he did. It would have been a very different experience otherwise. Um, but that was, yeah, four and a half years ago at this point. And I, we lived in Basel for about three years. And then to sort of change up the commute and the career a little bit, we moved to Zug. I, I worked for a different company for almost another year and a half or two years. And then now we're actually sitting in a hotel room in Singapore doing our quarantine. <laughs> Bit of a long story. Sorry, Sandra. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Oh my God. You learn, you, you see, I'm learning so much for you. I knew that your uh, chef is from the Netherlands original and um, you Kieran from uh, the India. And then you met in San Francisco and amazing so cool and yeah and now you're um you uh, were just in um in basel and then in zug and you told us that um the reason was um the job it is that's true huh you know yeah so when we moved to basel <coughs> kieran had worked there i didn't have any work obviously in switzerland because i was new and i was coming with her there wasn't the initial plan was for us to only be here for eight months, like in Switzerland. So I actually didn't quit my job in the US. I actually stayed, or I, I did, but like kind of stayed working for them a little bit. And then when we decided to stay longer, um, I started looking for a job in Switzerland. And it, I was very much looking at smaller companies that are internationally oriented. And there are just many more of them in Zurich versus Basel. I just couldn't find many in Basel. So I ended up taking a job in Zurich. So I was commuting from Basel to Zurich uh, for the first, I guess, year and a half, more yeah. or less. Um, and this was before COVID, so I actually had to go to the office, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now that would actually be okay, but uh, <laughs> no. And then, so then when uh, Kieran got a new position in Lucerne, we discussed it and for the commute, it made a lot more sense to actually move to Zug. 
because uh, then it was 20 minutes each instead of an hour and a half for one person so or yeah. like half an hour each i guess but yeah yeah of course um Zurich to Basel it's pretty long and Zug to Lucerne and Zurich is much better definitely yeah it's super easy yeah yeah definitely yeah. so um what was actually the biggest change from like um the Netherlands or um India or um the US and Switzerland so what are struggling or Huh. Yeah, the biggest change. I think coming from huh, that's actually a good question. I was going to say from San Francisco, the abundance availability of food. Not that there's not enough food in Basel. It's not even per se the issue, but the amount of different types of food that you can get super easily. It's that entire combination. Like uh, it's not even about price point, but it's like just the abundance of the availability of the food everywhere. Um, that was definitely something to get used to. I think we definitely had to change a little bit, like just yeah. how you think about food and and what you eat. Um, that was one thing for sure. Yeah, I think for me, my experience started with working, and I I think I had a lot of struggles with the work culture. You know, I was working for a, a Swiss headquartered company in Switzerland, and the culture was very strongly Swiss, and I'm very happy about that. It, it wasn't a complaint at all. It's really that it was a learning to. I always tell this story as a as a joke, but it's true. I I came into a meeting at eight in the morning and it was 8.01 and I had a cup of coffee in my hand and my boss half jokingly, but half seriously said, you're late. <laughs> so this was just like, I mean, he was half joking with me, but it was one of these things of like, no, 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 really it's you're late. <laughs> so uh, there was just a lot of learnings like this throughout the first six months. And to be honest, the learnings kept coming for the first three years. Um, but I think the work culture was a big difference. I think yeah. uh, one thing I, oh yeah, we were talking about this earlier, chef and I, in the US, uh, the work and personal lives are very well mixed. So, uh, you know, we always made friends through where we worked. So, for example, you go to work, you have lunch with your coworkers, maybe you stay after work to have drinks. Uh, I would go running at lunchtime with my coworkers. It's a very social environment. And coming to Switzerland, it was black and white. You know, uh, the office would be cleared at five o'clock and nobody mixed their personal and social lives. So I think when we moved here as a young couple, we, we struggled to meet people just because in the U.S. you don't need to do anything besides going to work and you will make friends. And I think in Switzerland, for example, we needed to take active steps. So that's actually one of the reasons I even joined Meetup. Uh, not like even before I joined your Meetup group in Zug, I was a part of Meetup in Basel. And it was just a way to make a social circle outside of work. Great, yeah. Um, yeah, Switzerland is sometimes really tough as well with the the people and so on but um you you did a great job you uh connecting and we you joined my meetups and yeah that's cool and now for like what was the biggest change as well or what is the difference between canton basel and canton uh Zug? so <laughs> for me you yeah, know okay. I, I would say parking for sure <laughs> and store opening hours that's my biggest complaint with Kenton Zook <laughs> in Basel you can still buy things on 8 p.m on a Saturday and in Zug it's a ghost town after 5 p.m <laughs> yeah. I think the the parking for us was interesting we had 
you know, in Basel, nobody talks about it. You park on the street. And in Zug, everywhere where we try to sign the lease or sign the lease, like, it's just this assumption that you will rent the parking space, even if you don't have a car or, like, barely use it. Like, it's, it's very strange. And I this, just never had that anywhere else. And the city doesn't provide parking. So we had a lot of battles with our city, with the city of Zug, <laughs> about parking. Yeah. I almost thought they might have changed a law or a sign on our street because we we told them you can't give us a ticket for this. There's no sign. <laughs> yeah. oh, they know it was God. pretty well, I think, still at the Fakia Zab. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> In the yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. I think the access to the mountains is another big thing. Um, Zug is just, you know, I love the view from the lake and you see the mountains, so you never forget about them. In Basel, it's it's much more of a city for sure, but we would have to make efforts to go to the mountains. And in Zug, we lived on the lake, so every day you see the mountains, and we're big nature people, so I feel like the mountains were always calling to us. Yeah, I think <laughs> from that sense, Zug will feel more like what you imagine from Switzerland to come from the outside. Like Basel, you know, also most of the time you spend, and you don't really know if you're in the, the countryside of France or Switzerland it all kind of blends in together and it's beautiful as well but it is more at least growing up in europe it's more what you expect from france not so much from switzerland because it's like a little bit of hills and that's about it but like actually having the mountains in zook is really it feels way more swiss to me for me as well so <laughs> for <laughs> no sorry go ahead that's cool so and uh, i know you um we talked about the mountains and I know that you like or hiking, you like hiking. And um, can you tell us actually about the SRC Hütten? The... What's that yeah. actually? I'd love to, especially to all the English speakers who maybe aren't familiar with this. So the, the SAC huts or the, the Swiss Alpine Club owns a lot of huts all across the Swiss mountaintops. I don't know how many there are, but multiple one, multiple hundreds of them. Um, and they're just great places where anybody can make call and make a reservation. You could do a stunning hike and stay overnight in, in a hut and then hike back down the other side the next day. Um, so for us, actually, the way it started was in San Francisco, Chef and I used to go camping a lot. But in the U.S., especially in California, camping is a very different thing than what, I, what it is in Europe. I learned that after my first Easter weekend. <laughs> so in the U.S., campsites only exist in really natural places, like in national parks. Um, you know, we went to camping in Yosemite many times on the beaches in California. And a campsite typically only has like running water and a toilet. So you bring everything and it's a very much a rustic nature experience. So the only people that go there are the ones who really want to connect with nature and disconnect from technology. So when I came here, I was looking for something similar, but the, the typical campsite in Europe is not meant for that. It's more of a holiday place for people with families. They have pools and restaurants. And I was quite confused. <laughs> I think our first Easter, we ended up at this campsite in Italy and it was like half the people were living there full time. There were families fighting. <laughs> it was just not a good experience. <laughs> so. We knew at that point we couldn't go to campsites anymore. <laughs> and uh, a friend who was living in Switzerland for a few years had told me like every mountain you walk to in Switzerland, there's always the hut at the top. So like that sentence stayed with me and I started doing some research and we found out about these huts. 
that was the history of how we got there. Maybe you can take us through what we kept doing for going back. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, you also mentioned why we keep going back. It is, it is just a place to be out of everywhere. Like, it's amazing that you can just be in work and work stress and everything on a Friday. And like, some you cannot leave on Friday anymore, but then you leave Saturday morning and you just, you can be two days completely in the middle of nowhere and stay there. You don't have to come back at night. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Also, to be, just to clarify, like, everybody keeps calling these huts, but they're like <laughs> the proper hotel almost. I mean, the sleeping arrangements are a little bit less, right? You sleep like all next to each other. Um, but it's not like a hut that is going to fall apart anytime soon. Like these are proper hotels. You get fat really well. Um, yeah, it's uh, I think everybody that likes nature that is in Switzerland doesn't know about this. Try it at least once. Yeah. And I keep telling people it's a local secret because I didn't know about these before I came here. You know, Fondu and mountains and Heidi are all known, <laughs> but nobody talks about these huts. And as an example, New Zealand has very similar huts and they are well known. And because of that, they're quite overcrowded with tourists. So I think Switzerland is a little bit before that still. And to be honest, some of the Swiss huts are really hard to get to. So you won't get a lot of tourists. Um, but yeah, they're just amazing. And I think for us, it was also the best way to meet locals. You know, we don't get a lot of interactions. We both work at English speaking international companies. We don't speak German in a day-to-day -day basis. Usually when we speak German, it's because we're fighting a police ticket with the city of Zug. <laughs> um, so these huts were just a nice place. You, you, know, the, you sit at a communal table and they bring food to everyone. So you get to talk to your neighbors and ask them. And it was so cool to see these families hiking with you know, young children. And yeah, it's a yeah. nice experience. The children always make you feel bad though, because you, like, you're walking up this mountain and you're exhausted. And then this is like really young child that's just running up the hill as if it's nothing and you're like okay i'm, I'm getting old <laughs> swiss kids it's impressive it's really impressive i agree i'm always impressed with the swiss kids up these mountains and one of the parents i asked them like what's your trick and they said always have to have an ice cream at the top so he's got an ice cream they're fine yeah but that's but, true my parents did this as well so yeah <laughs> that's great <laughs> or take my coffins as well so yeah, that's uh, good. And um, can can you tell me like what is your favorite place in Switzerland, or have do you have like tips? Yeah, favorite place to share. I can start with mine because I think my my favorite place started before I ever moved here. So when I first came for a work trip. I, you know, came to Basel for a few days and uh, afterwards I took a few days and I went to Lucerne and Interlaken and spent some time in Switzerland. And this was maybe two years before we moved here. And I, I took the train from Vitznau up to the top of Rigi. And this moment I had at the top, I was completely by myself. I like, oh, we just walked around and was on this stunning mountain with a panorama view. And I just felt very safe and very free at the same time. So that, that moment has stuck with me. It's one of the reasons I really wanted to come here. And since I've been back, I've taken everybody I can with me up there because I think it's one of the most spectacular and easily accessible places. So I think Rigi Kulm is still my favorite place in Switzerland. Yeah. I don't have such a romantic story. But uh, <laughs> for the... <laughs> I'm thinking for the people in Zouk, especially like uh, I like to ride a motorcycle. It's actually still in Switzerland. I left it behind, but um, 
There is the um, is it the Eberg Pass? What Hoch, is it called? Hoch Eberg. Hoch Eberg Pass. Yeah, between I guess it's Schweiz and yeah. what is the one with Einsiedel? the big uh, Einsiedel? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's beautiful. It's just one of these, like, you know, normally if you go anywhere, you look about these, all these mountain passes, like the famous ones, like, you know, the Gotthard and, and Furka and stuff. This one is really not as well known, but it's, it's just, it's right there. It's right, right next to Zouk. And it's just absolutely amazing. Um, it's an amazing road. And I think that for me, it was just like, it's just so cool how much, like how much beauty there is here that nobody talks about. I think it's not a specific place. I think is just Switzerland by itself has so many of these small things that aren't all like the main tourist spot because nobody knows and there's so much of it. And I think that is the beauty of Switzerland to me. Great, great. You see, I learned something from you as well, Chef. <laughs> great. <laughs> and of course, uh, Rigi for the Tooks is like, for, for Switzerland, the Mount Rigi is the queen of the mountain. Mountains, yeah. yeah. So it's cool. So now it's funny that even after four years of going to all these other places in Switzerland, the fact that I still come back to Rigi as my favorite spot, I think means that much more. Like it is the one of the top tourist spots, but it's for a very good reason. <laughs> yeah, it's very special. It deserves the queen title. <laughs> so cool. So um, let's get back to the expat thing. What can actually the other expat learn from you can you t tell us some tips yeah we talked about this one a little bit earlier um one of our learnings was we had so much more energy when we first moved to basel that i think we made a lot more of an effort to make friends and as a result of that we we feel stronger connections to basel even today than we did to zug after living there for you know two and two years almost so I think if I had to give advice to expats, it would be that once you do move to the new country or any new country, try not to move too much within because the effort is about the same to make new friends and to relearn the area, but the reward feels less because that place isn't as new and as exciting. And I, I'm, I almost regret it because Zug was a great place to live, but by the time we got there, we were just, we were just a little bit tired of making the effort to meet new people. So we probably spent more time visiting our close friends from Basel than we did meeting new people in Zug. You being the one exception, Sandra. <laughs> you got through. <laughs> I'm super glad. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> that I'm uh, cool. And what can the, the Swiss learn from you? Yeah, I think the one, the only thing I could think of, not that much. I mean, uh, don't think I have that much wisdom to give yet. I'm too young. But um, one thing is probably that was really stuck with me because, and it was really towards the end of us staying there because uh, for now, obviously, we moved to Singapore. And when I mentioned that, um, a lot of people responded with like, oh, yeah, they have so many rules there. They really follow the rules. And I thought that was hilarious because anybody outside of Switzerland will say the same thing about the Swiss. So hearing that, I was just, and they were really serious. That wasn't a joke. So I was like, okay, maybe just, a little bit of a sense of the perception that you have from the outside world. I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. So good, so good. Um, yeah, so we are almost um, in the end. So do you want to say something again about Switzerland? About, uh, yeah, 
something or should we um, start with the three words in your mother tongue? Can you tell us? Uh, I think on the Switzerland point, um, you know, you do hear a lot of, especially also before we moved there and, you know, growing up in the Netherlands as well, like every European country has its thoughts on other European countries without ever being there. It doesn't really matter. People make up their opinion and stuff. Um, and I must say, I mean, some of it is probably true and, and some of it you kind of have to learn why that is. Like as what Kieran said, like, if you know, especially coming from the US, right? Like everybody is always yelling at each other all the time, super social, like whatever it's real or fake, it doesn't matter. Um, and obviously the Swiss are a little bit more reserved, but I think in the end, you know, I also became part of this small group. My company wasn't very big, but like people are very open and interested in foreigners. I've actually found that most people, Swiss people are actually really willing to have a conversation and are actually super interested to learn about other stuff. And that's not necessarily something I expected. I think you miss out on a lot being an expert just because you can only do that with a few people that either speak English or, you know, if you speak German good enough to get to that level with somebody to do it. So I think you probably miss out on a lot of people to get that experience with, but based on the people I did get the connection with, I think it's actually been more welcoming than I was expecting uh, early on. Yeah, uh, I think I would second that. Like, just to be clear, since we are sitting in Singapore, we in no reason left Switzerland because we didn't enjoy it there. It was more of just having a new adventure. But I mean, I'm, I learned so much in Switzerland. Uh, partly what Chef said, that some of the stereotypes have reasons behind them, and it's just a stereotype. It's not everyone. But also, I mean, the country, I didn't know this coming in, but it has such a high ratio of expats, yet they're still doing, I think, a pretty good job of accepting and mixing in and integrating. So for me coming in, I grew up in the US also in a very diverse environment. It's a different type of diversity in Switzerland, for sure. But it's still a very, I would say, relatively welcoming environment, considering how many people are influxing into a small country. Great, thank you. So. Yeah. So now for um, the last question or thing, I want to learn something from you. Actually, I learned so much in this interview or in the time in uh, in Zug. Um, but yeah, can you uh, both tell me three? words in your mother tongue first question is what is chef's mother tongue yeah that's, <laughs> that's always a good question who knows um yeah what are good words i'll start with the punjabi ones because i think you've had i'll just do the same ones that we have at least in the same language i don't think it's going to work because ah. mine are food <laughs> Never mind. If you're going to meet with somebody who comes from a Punjabi culture, you want to make sure you get across the best food. So let me start by teaching you words for some really good food. One is paratha. Paratha. Yeah, and it's like a Saturday morning. It's like a, how do you say, a stuffed or filled type of tortilla or roti or something. Absolutely delicious. Cover it in butter, eat it with yogurt, have a cup of chai. That's pretty good. <laughs> so that's word number one. Um, you should always learn how to say hi. So that one is Sat Siri Akal. Sat Siri Akal? No. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, perfect. And then because it's such a food-based culture, we're farmers and we love food, you should learn how to say it's very good. <laughs> so after somebody feeds you, <laughs> this one chef even knows, it's Bohot Savadhet. 
बहुत सबान है I guess I can think some of the Dutch now you, you inspired me. So one is uh I actually just read an article like some like US newspaper about a few years ago you had this was it Swedish like this way of living where it was like the Hugo um, Danish sorry Danish, I'm like yeah. insulting the Scandinavian countries here. It's Danish <laughs> of course. Um so it's really now like the Dutch have their version it's called Nixon. um and it's basically just means doing absolutely nothing but like also really not doing anything like you just you really have to just sit there and and purposefully not do anything so mm-hmm. it's not like focus on your breathing or anything it's just literally just being um, so that's apparently a new trend uh, that's made the way to the US when we were young we were always yelled at it if we did it because we were making ourselves very useful so it's funny how that changes um Another one is gezellig. Gezellig. Which yeah, it's like Hugo, no? Yeah, I, I think mean, it's similar. similar to a German word even, right? Yeah, gezellig. Yeah. Ah, there you go. With um with people doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it means the same. Yeah, yeah same it's word. Cozy, atmospheric, that's what yeah. I've learned. Gezellig, you know. Important word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one food-wise which is good to know if you ever go to the lunch to order it's delicious it's called the uh, frietje oorlog frietje oorlog yeah which basically means it translates to war fries but what it actually means is you get like potato fries with mayonnaise peanut sauce and onions Ooh. it's delicious it's absolutely delicious it's not very healthy but i don't even think i've had this no yeah <laughs> it's not very healthy so but well. it's delicious so it's oh so good thank you so much exactly oh yeah. so good um yeah thank you so much for the interview do you want to um tell us something again in the end or no no i think we're good thanks for doing all of this yeah. i think you're doing an awesome job for a lot of experts in zook and around <clears throat> it's really really cool Yeah so thank you for this uh, great interview and I learned so much about culture about new words about your life so uh, yeah and I'm now I'm missing you a lot <laughs> you're in uh, Singapore but um all the best all good luck to yeah Singapore and uh, I will meet you in Singapore or in the mountains in Switzerland That sounds like a plan Yeah thanks Sandra So this was the lovely interview with Kirin Jeff. I hope you liked it and thank you for listening and as well um give me a like on Instagram and Facebook and yeah see you soon. Tschüss zusammen.